One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a T-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. How are you? What's been happening? If you're binging the show, I hope you're taking regular breaks. Stay hydrated. I'm Tilly Steele. I'm Helen Monks. And this is Bitchin'. This is the podcast where we love to hate. Indeed it is. Every week we talk about a different person. We delve into them, dissect them. Go wildly off track. <laughs> and who are we talking about this week? Ambarad. <laughs> Helen's having a Kit Kat. I'm having a Kit Kat, excuse me. What biscuit should I have? Can you not tell them I'm having a Kit Kat because they use palm oil? (laughs) (laughs) Gotta stay woke. (laughs) Well, I bought the Kit Kat, so I'm the dickhead, not you. Get that on record. Um, can I, the first thing I need to say about Amber Rudd is that I've realised that we have the same hairstyle and I'm absolutely gutted. Oh, mate. But hers is blonde, which actually makes you more evil. <laughs> Literally. I was looking... So I got my hair cut off. It looks like, really good. About, like, November. You I was like, like I'm, I'm either going to get a tattoo, have a mental breakdown, or I can just go and cut all my hair you off. You did two of those three things. <laughs> so to the list of Guess, guess which, which one. one. <laughs> um, and instantly felt... Better. You look amazing. Thank you. Um, so here's a Wikipedia. Amber Augusta Rudd, born the 1st of August 1963, mm-hmm. which makes her. <laughs> oh, this is always the worst bit every week. You scrolling I normally, down. I normally cut this bit out so it looks like I'm really quick, <laughs> but I will probably leave this in this week so people know the truth. The real it truth. It makes her. Okay, so there's a. <laughs> Okay. 63, 63, yeah. 63, 63, 63. What does it not say? It says it how old she is. It does. I can't find it. Oh, here we go. Yeah. 55. Yeah. <laughs> you stupid dick. <laughs> it's a British politician serving as Secretary of State for Work and Pensions since the 16th of November 2018. A member of the Conservative Party, she served as Home Secretary from July 2016 to April 2018. Rudd was first elected Member of Parliament MP for Hastings and Wright in 2010. She identifies herself as a One Nation Conservative and has been... I'm not a real Tory, I'm a cool Tory. (laughs) (laughs) She's been associated with both economically liberal and socially liberal policies. What a legend. I think being a politician is like the only job where you can get fired and then three months later you're back in a better job. It's working for the same company. Yeah. Not only get fired, but in a scandal that in most circumstances would completely ruin your career. So yeah. she resigned because of Windrush. Well, specifically because of lying to a parliamentary committee about the fact that there weren't quotas mm-hmm. for deporting people when there were. Yeah. So she resigned in April 2018. She was then made Secretary for Work and Pensions in November 2018. I always think about it like 
in terms of acting, if I got two jobs of that yeah. distance apart, I'd be like, that has been a great year. Yeah. I've done really well. Yeah. I just, I don't know how you feel about this, but I feel like politicians are kind of scandal proof at the moment. Because I feel like <clears throat> whatever they do, it's nothing compared to what's going on in America. And yeah. I feel like everyone's just so exhausted with the amount of bad news mm. that it's not, like, I just feel like... I feel like if the pig thing happened now with David Car- remember that remember he fucked a pig no you don't remember because too much has happened since yeah exactly yeah. I feel like if it came out that Teresa sucked off a wombat <laughs> at uni it wouldn't even be we'd love it front page her, news you're right there's no kind of accountability I mean this is evidence of the fact there's no accountability the fact Amber Rudd she was responsible for one of the biggest things that's happened in the last decade. I mean, this was everything about this is so. Are we going to start with Windrush? Should we start? With yeah, Windrush? let's start with Windrush. I um, I went to a taping of The Guilty Feminist. My we friend Nell those. took me. Thank you, Nell. Oh, thanks, Nell. Um, and it was about the Windrush scandal, and they had the journalists involved in breaking the story. Oh, they had great. people directly affected by it. And it's really good. And so I imagine, go listen to that. I imagine you should go and listen to that Switch rather this than off right now. talking about it. We know nothing. But I mean, it's like, even now it's like, I just feel like there's no accountability for what happened. Like, they lost or got rid of, is probably more likely, the landing cards of so many, mm-hmm. you know, people who had the right to come and work here. They were invited to yeah. come and work here. And I think everything about it is close to the worst of mm. human nature. Mm. Um, and it's, it makes me sad to be British. It epitomised what the political establishment does in all of these cases, and it was exactly the same with Grenfell as well, where as soon as a scandal like this starts to break, the first thing um, politicians instinctively do is work out how best to cover it up. Mm. It's really strange how... And this is what ended up losing her her job, is she said to a parliamentary uh, inquiry that basically just lied about things that had mm. happened. How is it that, that she described what happened? I think she said that she... Um unintentionally misled <laughs> which is a fantastic word for lying isn't it <laughs> it's what you do with your acting every yeah. day hi guys i'm unintentionally misleading you <laughs> did you use my milk yes or no look i unintentionally misled <laughs> that i used the last of the milk imagine having a flatmate like that you'd be moving out what i do feel a bit sorry for about no not no. Feel sorry for no her. okay we're not she doing this she is in terms of... She loves herself, so we're not doing this. She is absolutely 100% loyal to Theresa May. I think Windrush, the person really accountable for that, is Theresa May. Yeah. She... Hostile environment. Created the hostile environment. Yeah. You can find endless clips of her. It's interesting how Theresa May has kind of depoliticised herself mm. in order to be leader. She's become less political. But if you look back even two or three years ago, the language she was using around these kind of policies when she was um, Home Secretary Mm. are so extreme Mm. and she created this hostile environment she created the idea of having quotas and um, and literally sending buses to area that were saying go home and Amber Rudd was really really accountable and responsible and shared her vision and ideology but also resigned in order to protect Theresa May which I feel is a historic thing that she always (laughs) seems to be Mm. Behind Theresa May going, I'm still here loving, even when everyone else is gone. Amber Rudd is so loyal to that woman. It is really weird. But why is she loyal to her? I think she she sees herself as a future leader of the party more than anyone else. But other future leaders like Jacob Rees-Mogg are actively distancing themselves from Theresa May in order to be competitors with her, whereas 
Amber Rudd is completely aligned with her, has taken a lot... Do you remember when it was the 2017 election that mm. Theresa May called arrogantly, thinking she'd get more seats, and then it all went wrong, and Theresa May was melting, so she sent Amber Rudd on to be... Yeah! To, um, to have and the her debate. Da- and her dad just died. Her, di- her dad had died two days before... And she was the only... So there were the leaders of all of the different parties. I was trying to remember the name of the guy who used to be the leader of the Liberal Democrats during that time. Tim Farron. Tim Farron! And then he went to find God because he couldn't... He was like a Christian and he was like, oh, whoops, I can't be a Christian and an MP. It's too much of a conflict. And apparently he can't support gay rights and be an MP as well. He hates those gays. Yeah. Um, but, you know, they were all there, apart from Theresa May, who sent Amber Rudd in her place. And she really took that. And then, in that same election... So I was counting votes um, when that election happened in Sheffield. And I was counting the constituency that Nick Clegg ended up losing his seat in. Yeah. So we were recounting a lot. Who because, took that from him? Um, was it Labour? Javid. Uh, it was La- uh, It was Labour. He's since... Um, left because the, he was the guy who used to run West Street Live in Sheffield. What? <laughs> what? So West Street Live is mine until he's old haunt. What? <laughs> oh my <laughs> God, when how we did were I not know this? In so he used to run West Street Live. The man who used to get me fucked <laughs> on drinking one pound shit bombs. They were the best. So his name is Jared O'Mara. Something like, I think I'm saying that right. Mm-hmm. Um, he was a first time new to politics. He's got cerebral palsy. He's like a big campaigner for um, like disabled rights. He's a really big like community activist in Sheffield. Everyone was so excited. He's young. He's ginger. He runs a pub. Mm. He won, and he beat Nick Clegg. It was like this. It was so embarrassing. How badly actually. did he beat him? Not by much. So I was there okay. recounting the votes, yeah. and it was really embarrassing because um, they they t- got us all around the table. And by us, I mean they got Nick Clegg and this guy around the table. And I also went over to like find out what was happening because we weren't sure. Like although I was counting the votes, we weren't sure which way mm. it had gone. And they said they told they let them know off air that they that Nick Clegg had lost and this guy had won so that to just so he could compose himself and mm. his face li- Nick Clegg's face literally didn't change expression it was really? like mad his whole career had just crumbled yeah. and he didn't even blink or breathe it was so it was like being in the west wing it was really weird i felt like Aaron Sorkin anyway he must have expected it though i mean yeah but i think it's still like shattering it's like when you go to an audition you know they're going to reject you <laughs> well i do <laughs> But it's the still, I've had, I you're know still that. kind of getting this weird deluded state, don't you? Where you think I'm definitely going to be, yeah, the lead in this movie. They know that I'm right <laughs> for this. Anyway, what was really embarrassing is they mm. then they got up on the little podium and the cameras went live on BBC News. And Jared, who because he'd been told he'd won, just stepped forward before they'd like formally announced it as to do his like acceptance speech. And someone had to be like, "Oh no, step back!" So it was like really obvious that he'd won. And then they read out the votes. Jared stepped forward. Everyone was really excited, elated. Mm. And then it came out, this woman said, when I was in West Street Live, he basically called her a bitch and, like, they'd gone on a date and he got really drunk and verbally assaulted her, like, in West Street Live. Wow. They found a lot of... We've all been there in West Street Live, guys. (laughs) You don't have to go on a date in West Street Live for that to happen. (laughs) Um, they found loads of old historic tweets and things and um, and he really publicly apologised for that and there was actually quite a lot of compassion around and there was a lot of debate around should we be held accountable for things we tweeted 10 years ago if we've really reformed but then this woman came out and was like he said all of this to me last week <laughs> <laughs> so Jared aged 37 hasn't actually learned 
but learned actually, from his mistakes. You know, I think he had a really, really horrendous time. There was a lot of like, he just suddenly got thrown into the public eye and was really judged for being. I know, but I just think. I mean, if you're going to run for MP, which I could never now, unless I suddenly developed well, actual not, balls of steel. Not now we've done this podcast. No, I mean, the, the, the things I've said yeah. in my life haven't all been what you yeah. expect of a public servant. And that's going to be the, the problem going forward as mm. millennials, in inverted commas, because now some millennials are in their late 30s. <laughs> Um, <laughs> like Jared over here. Like Jared, Jared. Become become public servants because we've all lived our lives being watched and we've all said and done things that maybe we're not that proud of. But it does also mean people like Jared O'Mara cannot get away with having two identities like yeah. you used to be able to as a politician. Mm. You could have your outside appearance and your personal life completely separate. Well, he, he didn't get away with it. He had yeah. it all documented on Twitter. It is really... Yeah, I, did, I think that's really interesting. And I think also it's like the... Just to bring it back to Big Rod. Oh, God, who we're supposed to be talking about? The Big Rod. The Big Rod. <laughs> with with Windrush, it's like this horrible thing that she was complicit in has just fucking bounced off her. Yeah, you're right. And, you know, would it would the same thing have happened if she'd said on Twitter 15 years ago, I don't like immigrants? I don't think it was because she's so powerful... I think it's actually because she's really close okay. to Theresa May. Yeah. Because she did tweet. But I mean, in I mean, in terms like, of like historically, if she was a newly elected MP, yes, who didn't do do you know? What I, mean? I see what you mean. Yeah, yeah, you are right. You are right. I feel like there's more public outrage over like past social media posts than there yes. is about You're someone right. actually being bad at their job. Yeah, yeah, or causing homelessness. Yeah. A deportation mm. to people who deserve to be here yeah. and all that stuff. You're right, and she's back in a job, and there's Jared sitting at home calling other women bitches. <laughs> probably, <laughs> let's be real. <laughs> Takes a lot for someone to change. <laughs> what I find interesting about her, and we should say at this point that she is evil, pure evil. Yes, and also the inspiration for Keely Hall's character in The Bodyguard. Yes, as a woman, she's got kids, but she's not married. Yeah. Supposedly she's in might be in this relationship with this other Tory MP, but yeah. they've never publicly. She so technically, she's, yeah. she's like one of the few single, single moms, women yeah. Yeah. in Parliament, which I think must be interesting. And she does do. She does, is vocal about women's right representation of women. Well, women who look like her. <laughs> the posh white ladies' mm-hmm. rights. Posh white ladies hopefully becoming prime minister when Theresa May fucks off. <laughs> Stop being the posh white lady in charge. There's yep. another posh white lady behind her. Mm-hmm. Do you want to talk about the bodyguard? Yeah, I mean, what do you want to say about it? <laughs> Apparently, she's been invited. Overrated. <laughs> <laughs> Look, it was a big cultural moment. I really enjoy being a part of. I like the stop trying to get Jed to give you a job. <laughs> Jed, look, if you're listening, Jed Bay, hi listen. Jed. I do a very good young civil servant. Yeah, I could look eager, but also have a bit of an evil look behind but my eyes. Also, out of the two of us, who you know, who has a politics degree and who's like maybe like you know just kind of got that that knowledge of what it would be like to. Um, but who you know is willing to. I'll show you my tits! (laughs) You got there first! I have nothing on you. (laughs) Um, Oh, that's the acting industry in 20 seconds there. 
Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Well done, everybody involved. A bit annoying how much you managed to sex up and glamorise Amber Rudd, though. Do you not Yeah, think? agreed. But, I mean, who was it who said it was based on her? Was it her? It was Keely Hawes. Okay. So I feel like that's probably Keely. She's probably gone for a bottle of rosé with big ams. <laughs> And has been like, hey babe, I'm going to, you know, be sexy home secretary. But also it might have been a bit of a sly dig because although she was sexy home secretary, she she also was evil, cold, calculated, emotionless, manipulative, out for herself. So maybe she was like, babe, I'm basing this character on you. And she's pure evil. Do you think Amber Big Ams watched it and was like, I'm amazing? Yes. Well, I read... uh, I'm sorry to say, after my Kit Kat fiasco, (laughs) I read an interview in the Daily Mail. (laughs) Um, And she was really funny and really witty, but also the article was written like, the very funny and witty Amber Rudd is sitting opposite me and she tells me all about her relationship with A.A. Gill and she's so open and kind and funny and she says how much she loved being portrayed in Mm. The Bodyguard. Maybe it was just the bit where she shagged Richard Madden. <laughs> can you imagine? I, I can, bet she's got that I on have. repeat. I'd, I'd have it like playing as people came in for dinner at my <laughs> this home. This is based on me. <laughs> I just have it like on a loop on my smart TV. Yeah. Just Keely Hall's getting railed by Richard Madden. <laughs> I know why I was telling you all about Jared, the the Sheffield MP. Fuck. So why? I was counting votes in Sheffield, and this whole fiasco was going yeah. on. Where we had to recount and recount because okay. Nick Clegg was losing his seat, and we had to make absolutely sure that it was definitely happening. I finished counting votes at probably about three in the morning, mm. went home. Do you get paid for that? Yeah. Okay. How much? 100 quid. Ooh. Mm-hmm. How do you sign up to do it? Uh, you just write to the council. Ah. Say hi. I might do that for next election. I need cash, guys. Can you tell? <laughs> Teresa, call election <laughs> so I can get some dollar. It is good, but it only comes around. Well, what was great is I did it. You know, there's been a lot of elections recently, so it's pretty. Mm. It's more regular than my acting work. Yeah. The amount of vote <laughs> counting I've been doing. Anyway, so I got, I finished at three, got home about four, fell asleep, woke up. Amber Rudd's constituency was still counting votes as yeah. to whether or not Amber Rudd had got in, and I just thought it epitomised everything, which was um, Theresa May's most loyal person mm. ended up. Lo- she won two hundred uh, twenty-five thousand six hundred sixty-eight votes to t- twenty-five thousand three hundred twenty-two votes. So oh. she only won by a margin of 346 votes. And they were still counting it at whatever time in the morning. And you just think, here's this woman who's given everything to Theresa May. And she's literally put her job in a in a bet. She's just mm. thrown it onto the table and seen whether or not 
she'll win. And I know you shouldn't feel sorry for Amber Rudd, but I did just think, because I was pretty sleep deprived. That's crazy about her majority, because I didn't realise it was that low. It was so low. So my MP, John Woodcock, I say my MP. Um, Trying really hard not to laugh at his name. I know, yeah. But I'm from Cumbria and there are many weirder place names than Woodcock (laughs) in Cumbria. Um, He has a majority of 205, Okay, I think. That's tiny. It is tiny. And, um... God, we're so divided, aren't we? You just might as well pick anyone if it's... 209 is his majority. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? That is not a majority. That's... I know, it's not... Do you know what I mean? It's not... It's like with all these things, it's like where one person thinks this, but the other person thinks the complete opposite. Mm. So let's flip a coin. And Brexit ourselves. (laughs) Brexit all over our stomachs. Ah! Can I tell you what else really annoys me about this whole thing about accountability in MPs? Mm. So, you know, she had a little seven-month sabbatical because she did Windrush. Um, <laughs> and now she's back being secretary, <laughs> secretary for work and pensions. How many box sets do you think she got through in those seven months? Oh, she just watched The Bodyguard on repeat. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's me, guys! <laughs> she... Just... <laughs> She very crude. So she's taken over. She's become secretary of work and pensions. Mm. She's taken over being the kind of um, town crier for universal credit. She. (sighs) It's like watching a supporter of Scientology. I'm like, they can't believe this. (laughs) They can't believe Xenu's going to come and... But the thing is, they don't. That's what's so Mm. depressing about it. I think you can see her. So she has actually moved on a few things. There Mm. were these... So one of the things that Universal Credit does is it it stops you getting child benefits for your third and fourth child. These amazing single mums campaign took it to high court. The fact that their child benefit had just suddenly stopped and they won their case. They've now changed it. Well, Amber Rudd has now changed it. So that's only children that are born after universal credit became a thing. So you're not just suddenly having your benefits changed. So it's kind of like a... In it's essence, your choice if you're going to have Yeah, that. in essence, it's a China one-child policy. In essence. Yeah, completely. Yeah. yeah. And, and she actually said it explicitly. She said, you know, um, people who are dependent on benefits just as the same as working families have to think about whether or not they can actually like have children, mm. um, they need to be weighing up these options really carefully. So mm. she's explicitly saying, you know, you should think about it because we're not going to give you any money. And the thing is, she's framing it in this way of like working people slash people on benefits as these polar opposites. Mm. And it's this complete misunderstanding all the time yeah. with child benefits where it actually encourages women into work because otherwise you can't afford childcare. So actually there's been, there were lots of news stories about women who actually turned down their dream job because they no longer had the, 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 benefits to support their child being looked after while they went to work and instead they just stayed at home and claimed benefits in this way that Tories always look down on them for doing it's like you've put them in that position where they now have to do that Mm. oh it makes me mad (laughs) it's almost like it's um about keeping people in their place (laughs) funny that isn't it funny that weird but it is this weird as well like ideology where she has to carry on the mantle of universal credit Mm -hmm. because it was introduced in 2010 as an idea it's now moved really far away from what that original Mm. idea even was so it was introduced by Ian Duncan Smith what was the original idea so it's to put all of your different benefits claim benefit claimants under one umbrella so you get one lump okay so is it like those adverts where it's like consolidate all your existing debts by (laughs) one monthly 
Yeah, which is a part of it. It's monthly now. Mm-hmm. So suddenly you're, you're having to shift completely the way that you're structuring your money. Uh-huh. You're also having to manage money in a way that you might have never had to do in the past. So a lot of people, in theory, do think it's an eventually going to be a good idea, but it's about the way in which it's just suddenly happened and mm-hmm. upturned. And it's often some of the most vulnerable people who have quite chaotic lives are suddenly having to budget, know how much is going to the landlord and how much is Mm -hmm. going to the rent and whatever but also when you first get put on it there's a five week wait until your first payment you can borrow from the government within those five weeks if you do they then take it off of your monthly payment for the following for like up into a year they might take a certain amount they can take up to i think it's 40 percent off of your check every month so you so you don't know how much you're getting every month until the week before so you can't budget anyway um, but also you're having these huge gaps of having to wait before you're getting your money. And often it will come like, you know, your rent will go out before your universal credits mm. even come in. So yeah. that's putting you in debt before you've even started. In her own hometown, in her own um, constituency... Hastings. Hastings. There's been, an, since universal credit's been rolled out, there's been an increase of people using food banks of 60%. And she's And she's described it as being... She said, I'm enthusiastic about universal credit. It just, it's its a lie. Like, she can see that it's not working. I'm sure she can because she's not an idiot. But because it was introduced in 2010, and since then there have been five work and pension secretaries, four of whom have had the job for less than a year. And she got appointed in November 2018 and has, I know politicians always like to say it, but she's inherited the mess. Mm. And then she's having to try and make it look like it's not a terrible policy whilst also making small adjustments. But she's just having to roll it out. I saw this amazing, like, um, uh, press interview where somebody, possibly from the Daily Mail again... <laughs> asked I love them. them. I love them. Asked them... That was sarcasm, by the way, <laughs> just for the record. Um, they asked, like, is there going to become a point where you will rethink whether or not this is actually helping people? And she said, I will keep an eye on it. And it's like... What's that even mean? What That's that like mean? It's not like you're boiling an egg, Amber. <laughs> It's people's fucking lives. (laughs) It just shows how it is... The structure we've created is about being a career politician. You're not Mm. actually looking at... She's so far removed from what it means to have, like, 40 quid in your bank Mm. account. She's from a really, really privileged background. She's from Marylebone. I always think that's a sign of... I didn't even know you could be born there. (laughs) The only other person I've met from Marylebone was when I was in L.A. I met this writer who would say to all the Americans when they would say, where are you from in the U.K.? She'd say, Marylebone. And I thought, no, where are you from? Um, So she was married to A.A. Gill. Yeah. Food writer. Food and essayist who passed away a couple of years ago. Yeah, when did he die? In 2016, mm-hmm. so really not long ago at all. There's this amazing story. So they were married. So she met him when she was in her 20s. Mm. He was in his 30s and he was living with his mum on a time. <laughs> and she, she describes like her, telling her mum that she was pregnant with this man who was 10 years older and didn't have a job and basically seemed to have no direction. And then. I don't know. I just always make the assumption that behind every great man, I feel like he would not be the AA girl we know if it wasn't for Amber Rudd. Mm. Um, they've got two children together. She found out he was cheating on her because he, she suspected that he might be, and he said he was going away for work. So she spontaneously went to meet him at the airport and was proved right when he came like off the plane, arm in arm with Nicola Formby. 
who mm-hmm. is a model, yeah. I want to say. Model and nerd journalist, I think, as well. And apparently he then made a bit of an excuse saying... That they'd been on the same job. Yeah, oh, she's also been away, and in a very British way, Amber Rudd... They, none of them spoke about it, did they? they just, yeah. She just went, oh, cool, do you want to lift back to London? And oh. then they all got back in the car, sat in traffic. Amber Rudd drove her home. Everything that's wrong with British people. <laughs> she should have thrown a shoe at his head. But they divorced not long after. But apparently then, like, had quite a good relationship. And she, Amber Rudd, ended up having quite a good relationship with Nicola Formby. This is a cool... He was, like, supportive of her as well and, yeah. like went campaigning with her and stuff yeah and yeah they all kind of I think I don't know if they ended up having kids together yeah they did they had two kids and I think because it's kids isn't it if you've got kids then you've got to put your own you're stuck yeah exactly (laughs) you're stuck hence why I got this coil in me nothing's coming out of you whereas you'll be pregnant in (laughs) two days oh I can't wait for babies can I tell you one other quick story? So there is so much. There's loads of bad things that she's done that I feel like we've missed out. But you mm. can just Google that in your own time. Yeah, we're not going to do the research for you. <laughs> I think I am. Listen, the list is just so long of all the really bad stuff she's done. And is doing right now. And is continuing to do. That We've got to crack on with our days, all of us. You've got places to be. Kit Kats to eat. Yeah. But here's just a video I found, which is... So she was at a sort of panel discussion thing... Yeah. In her constituency. And Nicholas Wilson, who is an independent candidate in her area, so he's one of her opposition. Yeah. Amber Rudd had brought up the Manchester Arena attack and okay. terrorism being bad. He is then on the mic and he's saying that he thinks that there is a certain level of hypocrisy in the government of how much they talk about the fact that terrorism's getting out of hand and how much they are responsible for it. And he specifically is talking about um, the government selling arms to Saudi Arabia. And he's yeah. talking about Theresa May was in Saudi Arabia last week and Amber Rudd's really complicit and knows all about it and is involved. They're all going to Saudi Arabia, aren't they? Yeah, they Sounds like them. a big holiday. <laughs> I mean, it is a pretty good climate. I wonder what sort of Airbnbs you can get out there. <laughs> but this guy, um, Nicholas Wilson, is is he basically says Saudi Arabia are responsible for creating ISIS. He mm-hmm. is quite extreme in his language. I happen to agree with him. Like it is, it is. I don't know enough about it to say, but I is, believe you. <laughs> there is a huge hypocrisy. You can't you can't begin to start having rational conversations about the growing threat of terror or the famine in Yemen or you know any of these kind of issues when we are so responsible Mm. for providing all of these weapons anyway Amber Rudd then um, during him speaking very early into him speaking as soon as he starts talking about this writes on a piece of paper something that she then hands to the chair Mm. the chair of the event reads it and dings on his bell and says you're going off topic you need to stop talking the guy carries on says no i'm not going to stop talking so the chair gets up and goes and takes the microphone off of this guy nicholas wilson um and this guy off mic then starts saying this is censorship i'm always being censored and and he and the chair says you're going off topic and he says amber rudd is the person who brought up the manchester attack this is just what i believe the truth is behind this Mm. but this video that i found on youtube zooms in on that moment that she sort of writes yeah. down slight it's just completely you see her give this piece of paper and have control over this event and shut the conversation down and I feel like that just kind of sums up this image that she's constantly putting forward and she's constantly very able to redirect your eye away mm. from what 
is the reality. Like a magic trick. Like a magic trick. Um, she's really effective. She's very. She's a very good politician. Oh yeah, she's excellent. Yeah. Um, I was actually. I mean, I didn't know much about her before we did this. I like. I'd never watched an interview with her or anything. But she's totally like a stone wall yeah. of a person. Yeah. It's embarrassing that that's what being a good politician means in this country. <laughs> but she's totally yeah. immovable. Yeah. Emotionless. Yeah. Yeah. Stunning work, Amber. Well done. Keep it up. <laughs> Give us some tips on yeah. how to. I would just be crying. I just. This is the thing. I would just be crying cry all the time. Every day, if I was an MP, yeah. I'd go grey instantly. I'd be crying, and I'd also be just constantly apologising. Mm. I'd be like, I am so sorry for selling all those weapons to Saudi yeah. Arabia. I didn't want to do it, but <laughs> it's listen, really hard doing this job. I just and they said we needed the money, and I panicked. <laughs> And the Airbnb in Saudi Arabia was really nice. So nice. They had a pool. <laughs> so. <laughs> that was Amber Rudd. Did you have a nice time? I did. I loved every second. And we had some nice food. Oh my God, Tilly cooked a chilli today. Yeah. Well, I cooked it last night. A chilli on this chilly day. Mm. Did it warm it your cockles? Was, oh, it did. It was. It had a good kick to it. Mm. I love spicy food. That's my number one. Yeah, same. I put spice in everything. Because you, then you can't taste what it actually tastes like. I put spice in my bangs and mash. Mm. I cook my sausages in spice and then I add spice to my mashed oh. potatoes. And then I put a bit of spice in the gravy and it just blows my head off. And I'm like, ready for bed. Veggie bangers though. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Linda McCartney's Lindo's, yeah. Mm-hmm. Sometimes go for a corn. Mm. I think Lindo's the best, though. Can I tell you what Linda has introduced? What? A vegetarian hoisin duck, crispy yeah. duck in pancakes. I've talked to you about this already. No. It tastes so much like duck. I can't describe how oh, delicious really? it is. Oh, really? Yeah. Vegeta- oh, you're not a veggie? Well, I try to be. Eat it. It tastes like duck. Mm. It is five pounds. Fuck, what? For the duck, the the hoisin sauce and the pancakes, okay. you've got to buy your own cucumber. Okay. But if that sounds amazing. Yeah, yeah, I really recommend. I would never like buy duck. Do you know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. it's not something that I would. You just shoot it in the park, put it in your handbag. <laughs> but enough about me. <laughs> <laughs> well, I feel like we have not covered everything about Amber Rudd. I'm really sorry about but that. But I hope that we've made you see that she's bad. She's so so, whoever's listening, uh, Jed, Amber... Um, have a lovely, lovely day. Oh, I hope you have the best day. Thanks for spending some of it with us. Yeah. Bye. Bye. You've been listening to Bitchin', a podcast by Tilly Steele and Colin Monks.